I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news and the home of the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. Thank you for joining us. This is Brian Conger. It's a dumb week. It's a dumb week here in the Conference of Champions, but that's okay. We're here to break down every game. We're here to look at Every week 10 game, what happened, previewing week 11, what's going to happen, and join as always with me is Mr. Rob Barron from Sharp College Football. What's going on, Rob? I'm, I'm excited to be here. I mean, we've had some we've had some ugly games. Oh, Lord um, almighty. Like, terror, just awful. Like, it's just really bad. <laughs> we've had, I, don't know, like, I feel like not only have we had, like, some ugly games, like, we've had, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, a lot of beatdowns. I mean, a lot. I mean, looking at you, Stanford. Um, I mean, like Stanford. I mean, somebody. It's like that. Somebody poked Stanford with a stick. Like, is there is there anything left? I mean, it, but like astoundingly, like Stanford. Astoundingly, like all of a sudden this weekend, the fact that Stanford beat Notre Dame became a very relevant joke. It's bizarre. Like it's such a weird college football season. And one of the things when we were talking about the conference as we were previewing it, like previewing it before the game started, it was just talking about how a lot of the quarterbacks in the conference are pretty good. And, and that's, and I think that still holds true. Like even, even that Cal game against, and now we know USC's defense, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but like even, even Jack Plummer looked good. Um, you had, you had just, I think that that portion has, for the most part held, I think some of the quarterbacks like Cam Ward aren't as good as we were anticipating, but still like a, a better plane of existence, I guess, compared to most quarterback play the last couple of years in the Pac-12. It's just the defenses are so God awful that yeah. it makes these games super lopsided. Like if you have a decent quarterback, you can light the other team the F up. <laughs> like, and that, that, that continues to happen. I think that's going to happen this week. These games are, are really bonkers, but Looking back at week 10, Rob, what were some of the takeaways that you had from the conference? I, mean, I think one of the main takeaways was <clears throat> I think Oregon State, de- or even with the wind cutting into things there, Oregon State's defense is legitimately good. Um, and that's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, to be where they are after where this defense has been the last couple of seasons, and they've been sort of treading water in the 90s in beta rank. Um, like that's, that's just such a fantastic turnaround. Like I, I do want to call that out. Like Oregon state, D, Oregon state defense is legitimately good. They are going to, I mean, I think one of the most interesting things is we get down the stretch for Oregon is they've their Oregon has largely played an incredibly easy schedule so far in the pac 12. <laughs> um, they have not faced I mean, outside of that Washington State game, they haven't really faced anyone good, like even kind of good yet. I mean, other than UCLA, I should say. But UCLA doesn't have a good defense. I'm interested to see this Oregon offense against this Beaver defense, right? Like they're gonna get it. They're gonna get a decent Utah defense too. Um, but like we get to see what the high, like what we haven't really seen this Oregon um, offense face a good defense since they play Georgia and and Georgia, you know largely did what they wanted with them. So, oh yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see sort of as we get towards the end of the season. Cause like Oregon's been putting up, you know, fantastic, almost video game numbers, um, but against really, really bad competition, you know, really bad defenses for the most part, like that's gonna, like they've got one more week of that, you know, and then it's going to change. Yeah. In addition to that, I'd like to apologize to everyone and their pets for 
um, taking Stanford. I I forgot <sighs> that I picked Stanford on the podcast, and I immediately bet it the next day. I bet on Washington State, and I'm like, oh no, I picked them on the. I talk. I can't believe I talked <laughs> myself into taking Stanford. Like that that was such an easy pick, and like so, I'm I'm riding. I'm feeling great. I'm I'm texting our friend Ryan who listens to the podcast, a big Kook fan, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I look back at my picks, going, oh no, I forgot I talked myself into that. And I think it was more just because it was at the farm, and I know like you know the the big joke about yeah, nobody shows up to the farm, but. But like that's that for, traditionally, even though nobody shows up, it's still an away game. And for some yeah. reason, Stanford tends to play fairly. But this team, like it's done when they're like four turnovers. This, this this team, I think, is done. Um, it, it, and and rightly so. Like I'm very very glad. Right, they they had the protests on the field. Like Stanford hates fun for for not allowing part. That just the whole vibe around uh, the Stanford football program is kind of a disaster. And Washington State did what Washington State like what decent teams do, which is you play a bad team and you just punch them in the face and then you sit on them and then sometimes you keep punching them in the face, which in this case was what Washington State did at the first half of that game. So like I mean, what was what was amazing about this game was like, and we talked about this a little bit, right? Like, did we like I did like I don't know if I believed Washington State would would like realize what people have have largely realized about Stanford, which is um, you run the freaking football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yes. run the football. Like their de- their defense sucks at stopping the run, so like don't bother throwing it. And like Washington State has not necessarily shown themselves smart enough to realize this in the past. <laughs> but like they ran the ball, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot. You know, like in this game, and they didn't rely on Ward too much, which is usually the best recipe for success. Because like he had a tough outing throwing yeah. the football. He only completed fifty percent of his passes for five point five. Uh, but he added, you know, an additional, you know, 38 yards on the ground, including a TD. I mean, Stanford, like, I mean, four fumbles is just. Is that, gi- is that giving like, so I've seen two games like this in the past. It was the uh, Arizona state, Arizona game where Arizona just continuously fumbled the ball. And I'm, yeah. I, and it was, at, it was to a cartoonishly large amount where you're just going, are you doing this on purpose? And the Sun Bowl, when Arizona State played Florida State, and I think both teams fumbled the ball like four times. And you just oh, yeah. you just look at that game and you go, how do you how do you fumble the ball four freaking times in a game? Like that is just bonkers to me. And yeah, yeah, I know. Like I'm sure. Look, Washington State's rush yeah, defense. Arizona, Arizona had seven fumbles and they lost four of them, but they they had seven fumbles in that Utah game. At least it was raining. <laughs> <That game. laughs> I mean, like, I mean, and this is like what's funny is like there have been like already in Power Five football. I think, and both in the ACC, I think Wake had eight turnovers against Louisville, and I think Miami had eight turnovers against Florida State. It is weird. Yeah, I forgot about that. Like, yeah, in Wake Forest, eight turnovers were like in a half. Like, it was just so crazy. But yeah, we, we experienced some of that this week in the Impact 12 play. Uh, you know, anything else on your end that stands out from the results here? I mean, I, like, look, like the other big thing, and I had done, you know, a um, coming into la- you know last week before the weekend's games, um, I had put out, you know, some Pac-12 championships odds based on the win probabilities um, in beta rank. Um, And they adjusted after this week. And, like, they went from UCLA having the fourth best odds to UCLA having the second best odds. So it's like Oregon, 40%, UCLA, basically 23%, Utah, 20%, um, and USC, uh, 17% chance to win the Pac-12 title. it's interesting because, you know, UCLA right now, uh, you know, the, 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 that's flipped because UCLA played well enough against Arizona State. I wouldn't say they played great at times. I mean, the offense looked real good. But that USC defense, like they they made, you know, one of the, the cardinal sins of Pac-12 football. They made Cal look competent on offense. Yeah, yeah. That was the last thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into the actual breakdowns was – we got a little bit of feedback from USC fans because, to be frank, I think we've been overly critical of USC's defense. And I think because it's because the split is so high, right? The offense is just, gosh darn, like Williams is a wizard. I, I, he is so freaking good. Right. And he makes that team 
do things that it shouldn't be able to do. And he like, it's awesome. It is a privilege to watch. And then we knew the defense was going to be kind of bad. And for a little while it floated because they weren't playing like, you know, they played rice and you know, whatever. And they played uh, a couple other teams really. Yeah. But the last, this segment is why we were kind of hammering on USC's defense, right? Giving up 35 to Cal, um, giving up points to Arizona, giving up points to Arizona state. Like they're just, it, it just highlights that this defense isn't where it will be in the future. And I, and I truly believe that I think USC is going to do a good job bringing in defensive talent too, but it's not this year. And that's kind of why you saw Cal be able to, to fight back and boy, howdy, they move that ball, like kind of any way they wanted a little bit in that second half. And uh, USC, of course, the, the offense was so good. They were just able to always stay just a little bit ahead um, throughout the game. And, and that's really what, what led to it. But yeah, I, I thought that the last three games, this three game stretch is a perfect example of USC. USC's defense not quite being up to snuff where it should be to be a team that probably wins the conference, much less wins a national title. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I mean, Cal has basically within, you know, this, this, you know the, the Pac-12 season, they have only looked competent on offense twice, right? Um, once was against Arizona and once was against USC. And those are the two of the very worst defenses in pack 12 <laughs> they can't like well, well we'll get to cal we'll get to cal but yeah i totally agree with you it's something to keep an eye out uh as usc really plays ucla i mean i think we flagged that game the last couple of weeks where if there's going to be another slip up that is likely the one and it's just because you're going to be able to move the ball against them i mean like don't be like don't i mean this is good like this is going to sound crazy because like i think a lot of oregon's fans are like we took care of business and i'm like Underneath the hood, Colorado moved the ball a little bit against the Ducks. Like, they didn't put up points, and Colorado was god-awful. And, of course, because their defense was giving up a ton of points, um, they had terrible starting field position to work with. But, like, that Ducks defense is a good, like, it should be a concern. I had that, too. 360 yards of offense by Colorado. Yeah. That's worrisome. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, look like, it's the only team that has, like, any kind of, like, among the Pac-12, you know, contenders for the Pac-12 championship that has any kind of like moderate balance um, is Utah, but they don't have anything like the offense that Oregon or USC or uh, you know do or UCLA do. Um, but like Oregon, UCLA or USC and UCLA all just have very very bad defenses. <laughs> well, let's break down every game looking forward and we'll take a review of every game from week 10 and let's do it right after this i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. We're talking Pac-12 football. We're talking Pac-12 football and lots of games to get to. None of them are good. This is a bad week. A bad shame. Shame on, on every team in this conference for this garbage slate of games that we have. It feels have. so bad. Like, I feel like we should have highlighted that like Michael Michael Penix can throw a football through a brick wall or something. Like, did you watch this? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the just like the 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 back rub that Michael Penix's left arm got on national television in the wind. <laughs> The the best was like the the clip was circulating around Twitter where they they are just they are taking off his shoes and socks and soaking them and like just kind of move you know moving the muscles around a little bit and he immediately throws a pick and it's the pick six. Right. 
and I very much had Oregon State in that game, so I really I appreciated the full spectrum of that that whole disaster. <laughs> He's throwing it through the wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's just get into that game because I think it's it's a fascinating. It's like more of a Pac-12 hipster game. So Oregon State hosts Cal. Oregon State's a fourteen point favorite in this game, and. I thought the the Friday game was crazy. It was our friends at the uh, the Cover Three podcast were talking about the river in the sky, and it wasn't. It didn't really rain as much as I think people thought. But boy, howdy, that wind was howling, and it was a fun. Like it was a dumb game, but it was a very fun. Like dumb, dumb in the best possible college football way, where you have. I mean, I thought that Washington pulled some stupid. Third and ten, third and eight, fourth and twelve, fourth and ten. I mean, the amount of times that they closed out that game to to keep moving those chains forward, I thought was quite impressive. Like you mentioned, forty mile an hour gusts. I felt so bad for the the people that were in the stands. That must have just been a miserable game to participate in. But with all that said, I think a lot of the the, the fans stay there, and and Washington yeah. got a big win over a, a quality Oregon State team. This is a this is a good game for Washington. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, like Oregon State largely got out. I mean, now look, certainly Oregon State could have gone up by a lot early if they hit those fourth downs, right? Yeah. You know, they, oh, they yeah. hit those fourth downs, get TDs, you know, like they're absolutely cooking. And they certainly needed, you know, but they, they ended up needing the pick six to hang with the Huskies, right? And truly, too, I mean, like it was, I think Washington fans will point to the wind. Um, and say like, oh man, it cut into our biggest weapon, but it also cut into your biggest liability, which is your past defense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. The beeves ran the football, you know, like quite a bit and for the most part, pretty well. Um, but like the fact that, you know, the, the fact that Goldbrinson was out there, you know, like winging it <laughs> into, the, into the gale force winds was truly not ideal for, I mean, and, and there were some, and there were some guys that they just missed that were open, Yeah, you know, like that, uh, that they weren't going to hit those. And really, I mean, I think he would hit like in normal weather, he would hit those. Like, I don't know that even in like with less wind, this is going to end up being a very, very different game. I mean, we talked about like, I thought the Oregon state secondary played really well. Um, I thought they, I thought Oregon state had a really good defensive game plan, you know, even, you know, wind, you know, with all the wind there and everything like that. I just, I just, I thought it was a good game for, for both teams, um, in what were difficult conditions, you know? So we might, we might disagree on this and then we'll jump to the next game here, but I would now <laughs> I take games where I, I'm, I have money on the line a little bit more personally looking at you, Oregon fans. I apologize for melting down sometimes on Twitter when Oregon doesn't cover the spread, which they've done quite often this year, by the way. Um, what I watching this game, Oregon state gets to, I think it was like fourth and two and they were close enough to kick a field goal as a chip shot. You know, they go for it. They get stuffed. They do it again. They go for it on fourth down. They get stuffed again. And I just think if you're on the road, I like if you're, if, if you just kick a field goal, you're up 10 and and now Washington has to change his game plan a little bit. I think because when you're down double digits, I just think meant, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like the fact that they did that twice. And the, the first one I think was fourth and two on like this. Uh, gosh, it must've been like the 12 or 13 or like somewhere, yeah. somewhere between like the seven and the 13 yard line. And they, I just didn't, I didn't like what they were doing on that front. And and there was one of the plays that might've been that one where they had just gone for it on like third and two with me with like a Jack Coletto play. And they did right. the same thing and it got stuffed. And I'm like, gosh, like I, finally teams have understood if Jack Coletto has the football, it's highly unlikely that Jack Coletto is going to throw the football in Washington. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Little, they got a little unlucky on like on one of those too. Cause like on one of those, I think Coletto had, slipped. he slipped, he slipped. Unlucky. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but I, I tend to fall into like, look, like the, the thing, I mean, people are always going to criticize you when, you, when it's wrong, right? Like all you're doing is playing probabilities, you know, like it, it's the same thing as like, if you're sitting there in Vegas, right? Like you're, you're playing against the house, you're playing the numbers and you're just hoping to get yourself into a position where like more often than not, if getting it right, you know, count like, and, and that's where like, I think, you know, if you're, if, if, if you're Oregon state, 
People always like a lot of the criticisms here, I think, are fairly generic. Like at this point in the season, Oregon State should have enough data on themselves that they should know their ability to convert a third or a third or fourth down and two. Right. Yeah. Um, and if it's I mean, the question is, is like, if you think of it like this, if it's like, like, let's say you have a guaranteed three points, but let's say it's you know, you're, you're, it's a 50% to convert that, right? Well, your expected value is 3.5 points then. And like, if you're in Vegas, anytime your expected value is positive, you, you take the bet, <laughs> you know, like, um, and so that's the tough thing. Like, I, I feel like a lot of, some of this is too, is like, I think the majority of human beings tend to be risk averse, um, unless we end up in like crowds or something like that, or like mania, like, but like individually, like a lot of human beings tend to be risk averse. We tend to value things that we have more than things that we don't have yet. And so we can often think of that three points as like being in our back pocket, you know? Um, and so like missing out on that can feel worse than like, you know, than, um, you know, the touchdown that we might get. Uh, but I, yeah, I think that it's, it is one of those, like it's worth ponder. Like it, it, I don't mind Smith's decision there. You know, like in it, I don't mind the gamble, right? Like you're gambling to to get like, cause I mean, if they hit both of those, like they bury Washington on the road. Yeah. Um, and I don't think in that weather, Washington would have come back from that. Um, but it's, I mean, like you miss them and it does. Now the flip side and of you it lose, too. Right. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, the, now the flip side of it too, that deep in their territory is like, you are giving them terrible field position and you're hoping you're counting on your defense. You're hoping your defense can also like, even if you don't make it, you once again are hoping to start out with pretty good field position. Right? Yeah. And it's, and it's windy, side. right? Like, and you yeah. say, yeah, all right. Penix, so I, don't know. I mean, yeah. like, I, I like, it's one of those ones, like it's probably fairly close. Like it's there, like, but if you're Oregon state, I mean, that's the thing is like, if you're Oregon state, like your bread and butter is running the football, right? Like you have a really good offensive line coach. You have to feel good about that. Like, Right. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like uh, Washington, for example, a team that really does throw the football and doesn't run the football. A ton, you know, yeah. like if it was Washington, like lining up and it's like, we're going to just come out here and like knock you off the football and we're going to get those two yards. Like I might be like, are you, are you, you know, like, I mean, but it's like, but it's tough too, because I think with the QB situation that Oregon state is in, you know, like, you, a, a, a different, like with a different quarterback in, and maybe, maybe different pass catchers, like you'd put that quarterback in motion, right? Like you, you'd, you'd have him running out with a tight end leaking out, you know, like on, on a, on like a slip route out into the flat where he's running parallel to the QB across the line of scrimmage. And at that point, you're just sort of like, the QB can either tuck it and run it if he's got that available, or he can flip the pass to the tight end that's hopefully slipped out, um, you know, open enough. Like those plays I think are smart. Cause like, but with the weather and the QB situation, like Washington was really able to load it up and like, obviously they got the result they needed. Well, one, one more note on that game. And it was that play where Coletto is, is taking the snap and then they shift and they direct yeah. said, whoo, and smoke cigarette after that one. That was a great, <laughs> that was a great play call. It was, it was, it was perfectly executed. I think they scored a touchdown on it. It was, it was awesome because I'm like, oh no, they're doing the, oh, they're not doing the Jack Coletta thing. I, I just like, I'm on a plane and I'm like gesturing to the people next to me and I'm like, never mind, don't worry about it because I get my headphones in. That was an awesome play. Um, they play Cal. Cal really, <laughs> really made it like they could have get now the first half of this game. Cal could have kept this even closer. I, I think USC would have ultimately won this game regardless, but right. there, there was a moment where th they get the ball and Plummer just threw it. And they're probably on like, I think it's USC's 40 or something. And Plummer throws just an awful, awful pick. And of course that gives Williams about a minute and a half to go down the field against Cal's defense, which of course he does. And it was just right. this total flip in the game. And he just kind of saw the life I thought I saw the life go out of Cal and that wasn't the case because they came back in that second quarter and they made a game of this. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought Cal played really well. I mean, in particular in the second, I mean, in particular in the second, I mean, the second half and the fourth quarter when they roared back on USC, um, 
and USC was completely helpless to stop them. But I mean, I mean, it wasn't even, I mean, like Arizona has a particularly bad run defense. And we saw that with, uh, you know, like we saw that in, like when they were playing, um, when they were playing Cal, like Cal was able to figure out like in the second half, like, Oh geez, like we can run the football. Um, they really exploited USC's pass defense. I mean, they were horrendous. Um, getting picked apart by a Cal team that has, for the most part, not done that to anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, and that, the, I mean, that's, like, I mean, like, I, I, like, I, I, you know, and I, I feel like this is one of those ones where it's like, I'm probably like the least fun person after your team wins sometimes. Cause like there are Utah fans that are like, oh my gosh, like we can run the football. And I'm like, yeah, you ran it against Arizona. <laughs> I mean, like Cal ran it against, I mean, anyone can run it. Like, and that's where like, I mean, savor this Cal fans because, um, like it's been a rough, it's been a truly rough season, you know, for you. Um, and you have not, and under the will in the Wilcox era, the offense has mostly been really bad. Um, but yeah, like I, in the end, like the model didn't adjust Cal's offense a lot. It adjusted USC's defense about 15 yeah. spots downward. Yeah. And by the way, Plummer, more than 400 yards and three touchdowns on this USC defense. That not, not a good sign, but, yeah. but Cal, y'all got to go to dark and stormy Oregon <laughs> in front of 19,000 rabid fans. And I thought this line was perfect. If 14 was what it opened at, it went down to 13 and a half, popped up back to 14. Uh, opened at 11. Oh, real? Oh, I must have had. I must uh, have no, had. No, the, no, yeah. so it opened at 11 at Woo! Circa. Like, so I always write down Circa's numbers because I think they do a really good job. And then it got bad. Like, so like the, and then everybody else gets to react to Circa's numbers and what happens when they put them out. So it opened at 11 and then it popped like beta rank has it at 13.34 and it got bet up. I kind of, and that's about right though. It's right. Yeah. Like, right in the, like, it's funny that it came back down. Cause it's like beta rank has it right in that range. The, that's the thing. It's like where if it was 11, I'd been more inclined to take Oregon state. I think it's tough to play in Corvallis. I think Cal is an interesting team. Um, they, they haven't given up, which is good. They have right. some wide receivers and Plummer isn't awesome, but like, but he has options and I don't right. he's look, he's not going to throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns against Oregon state. Well, I mean, if he does, that'd be crazy. But, um, but I do think that they can move the ball a little bit. The thing that worries me is I don't think there, there was a lot of praise for Jay not their, their running back. I don't think he's been good the last couple games. Either, yeah. I, he's either hurt or like teams have kind of figured out the film uh, on the scheme that's going on, but he's really been underwhelming the last couple games. And that's the one thing that worries me in this game where if, if he was decent, I would be more in, I mean, like I still think 14 is a lot. I'm, I'm curious what you think about this game because the, the run offense for Cal worries me. I think it's kind of the key to this game. Yeah. So I would uh, like, I'm with you clearly. Cause like the model was like, you know, 60% against the spread last week. So I will, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, but I, I mean, I, I think, you know, 11, I'm taking the beeves 14. I, I guess I'm taking Cal. It's a tough one. So like Cal's Cal's offense right now, since at 83 in beta rank, they're going against the number 22 defense in beta rank. Um, it's a great story. Like we just oh, poop them is. and they, they just pull through, which is, that's what I want. Like in the conference, right? Yeah. We think you're going to suck and then you don't suck and you're awesome. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's great. So we're going to say fans, God bless you. Um, and like, they don't like, they don't have a real big run pass split 22 and effective rush 28 and effective pass. I mean, this is, uh, by the numbers, the best defense in the conference. Um, but they get a Cal offense that's at 83. They're at one Oh five and effective rush. Like, and if you took out that Arizona game, they'd be even way worse. I mean, largely this season, everybody still talks about Ott because of that one game. Um, but outside of that, to your point, like he's been really bad. They're at 49 in effective pass. I mean, this is not like they're full on not going to get to have the same kind of day they had against USC <laughs> yeah, at all. It's not going to work like that. Um, 
But if you flip it around, like I think to your point, what's interesting here is like Cal's defense by Pac-12 standards is okay. I mean, this is a bad power five defense. They're at 50 in, in beta rank. And I feel like like I tweeted out, I was like, we were a year early on Peter Sermon. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, but it has come home to roost. I mean, much like, like the offensive line play, everybody get comments about how bad Cal's offensive line play is now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> saw coming. Oh, yeah, that was the one thing I should, we should have mentioned and I had in my notes was USC just ate like just got like uh, what's that the, the um uh the, the Goya painting where Jupiter's eating his children like that was that oh, was yeah. basically the defensive line of USC that whole game you're absolutely right that the offensive line play has been bad in pass coverage and in, in uh or pass defense and yeah. uh, you know what I mean pass coverage and uh run run offense run but like the but the the, the Oregon State offense like they're they're in a spot, right? Like they don't throw the ball very well. They're at 74 in effective pass. And that does, you know, allow teams like I mean, you don't have to respect the pass a ton against the Beavs. Um, they're only at 54 overall in beta rank. They're relying a little bit more on big plays, and I think they are struggling because look, they're gonna have, and you saw this against Washington, like they're gonna run the ball overall for some good numbers, but you're gonna have on any given drive for them you're going to have one or, you know, like one or two spots where like the defense is able to bow up and stop them for minimal gain. Right. And then all of a sudden the bees face themselves on like second and third and long in obvious passing situations. And that's a really bad place for them to find themselves. I think currently, um, I mean, it's a bummer. Cause like we talk about like, I mean, Oregon state is literally a quarterback away right now. Like, <laughs> Like they're literally a quarterback away. And I look at this team and I'm like, I don't see anybody on the, even on the roster. Right. Like they, like they, Oregon state, if you have, if there are any Oregon state folks who could like put together an NIL like group to like really get them a quarterback this off season in the transfer portal, like make it happen. Well, so, so to be fair, I think Gold Branson is good for, isn't he a true freshman? Like, yeah, maybe he's, so. he's as good as chance. Nolan. I mean, it goes to your point, right? Like they should have had somebody else so that Nolan was the backup and Gold Branson was the third. But right. the fact that like Gold Branson came in and I can't see that big of a, di- I mean, Nolan is a little better, but I don't think it's right. that much of a difference between those two quarterbacks. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, th- I do think like you're, I think to your point, right. But like the fact that there's just not that much difference, I think is really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like go Branson. Yes. We're talking about a freshman, you know, but, and, and maybe, and, and look, like he certainly got the ability to progress. I mean, and Nolan, I mean, uh, not Nolan, but Smith and Lindgren are really good offensive mind. I just, I, I mean, look, I mean, I think they'll be able to run the ball. I don't know that they're going to, it's hard to see them. Oh man. Like 14. Cause like 14 in order for you to get paid out, they got to get to 15. Right. Which in most situations, like the beeves aren't going to go for two just for you. <laughs> you know, like, well, here's, I mean, they might, here's, but. here's the counter to that, though, is that I don't think Cal scores more than 20 points in this game. Like, I, th- I just don't think they move the ball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. I, I think this is going to be the toughest defense that they've faced in a while. Yeah, I. I, I yeah. And, the- and they should have and they should have good like Oregon State should have good field position. And that can pile up. Like if you if you consistently get good field position, right? Like even if the other offense, it's like that Colorado Oregon score, right? Like yeah, Colorado moved the ball, but they always had bad field position, right? Because like Oregon's just scoring it well, right? So that can hide things. Like even if Cal moves the ball a little bit, um, you know, like Oregon State's going to get plenty of opportunities in this game where they have good field position. What, what's, All right, well, I'm what, taking the Beavs. What's the defensive? Yeah, well, that, yeah, I think I'm with you too. What's the defensive split for uh, Cal one more time? They're at 65 in effective rush and 51 on effective pass. Oh, awesome. What they do best is they force three and outs and turnovers. Um, you know, like they're, they're, but they struggle against big plays, 69 and explosive drives. Like, I'll take the Beavs. I think this is a tough spot for Cal. Um, I went three and three last week, whatever. <laughs> so one game of one game above 500. Now. This is like my worst year in like four years, but I'm clinging. I'm still clinging above 500. Um, okay. So we have that game. Let's, let's take a look coming up next. Let's do USC versus Colorado. Um, this is a dumb game. We can, we can breeze through this pretty quickly. 
<laughs> we already talked about USC. I mean, like, look, this team is what it is. They, they again, were that Jordan Addison and Max, I think it's Max Williams was out of the game. So we saw a lot of Michael Jackson. We saw a lot of Caleb Williams doing whatever he wanted with, with other players. Taj, uh, Taj, uh, uh, gosh, darn it. Taj Williams, the, the, the Memphis transfer. Anyway, um, yeah. he, he's throwing to different, different wide receivers that are also pretty good. Uh, Again, the defense is is worrisome. I mean, it's but it's not worrisome against Colorado. That that's the problem. I, like the poor Colorado too. When they were playing Oregon, at least we should talk about that game, right? Oregon a million, Colorado ten, and we we jumped on the the line because I think it was thirty six and a half when we were recording, and we're like yeah. that is a lot. And and Oregon covered that, and they did it doing like spring football. <laughs> Flea flickers. I think they had Justin Flo oh, score touchdown. Like <laughs> Oregon wanted to, Oregon wanted to get some stuff on tape before their three tougher games to finish it out. So they they got a lot on tape for people to, to think about. It it was funny because it looked like they were just having a grand old time against Colorado, like the poor Buffs. But again, the Buffs put up like 370 yards of offense. So this game was weird because Oregon scored so much, but they also gave up so many points. But they really. I mean, there was a couple of fourth down, you know, stops that they had. I mean, they really were able to do what they needed to do when they needed to do it on the, the defensive front. But they did give up a lot of, of field. And, and that worries me a little bit. But if you're Colorado, I, like, is this team done? I, I think because the spread here is was at 34. USC is favored by 34 at home. And uh, I mean, this is kind that of line st- hasn't moved. That's it opened at 34. Well, it's weird because we were talking about like, all right, Oregon's defense isn't great. You know, right. maybe Colorado scores 17 and they didn't right? like it, right. that was that was almost the, the difference between them covering and not covering. It's kind of the same thing with USC, right? A really potent offense, better quarterback. But like, uh, you know, I think uh, Oregon runs a, a more interesting scheme at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you sort of like, I mean, and Nick's has, Nick's has played lights out. He is also not faced any defenses particularly good but like he's played lights out for the most part usc this is going to be you know like they should have you know they should be able to put up as many points as they want in this game that's that's the that's the real tough thing here is like when you're it's the same thing as the oregon game in a lot of ways right like usc's offense sits at number four overall um colorado's defense is at 121 They've managed to even pass Arizona to be the worst defense in the Pac-12, um, and they're giving it. They're at 122 in explosive drives. USC is number three in explosive drives, um, and and Colorado's run defense is at 123 overall. And and USC's they they do prefer to, th- to throw the football, but this could be a game where Lincoln Riley maybe runs it a little bit. I don't know. I thought he was going going to in Arizona, and he's like too stubborn to do it. Yeah, we we had talked about the screen prints of Utah versus like the the one of a kind masterpieces from Lincoln yeah. Riley. Well, yeah, like I mean, Whittingham, Whittingham figured it out. He's like, nope, we're just running the football. That's what we're going to do. Um, but you flip it around. I mean, like I think what's tough, and it's largely the same problem that Colorado ran into in in like covering against Oregon is like Colorado put up some yards, but they they because they basically. Like we're starting out at their own 25 or worse, you know, every drive they, it was impossible for them to navigate the full field. Um, and I think that's largely going to be true. Like Colorado is the worst team in college football offensively at drive efficiency. They just cannot turn drives into points. They're decent at putting up yards. They, they struggle because it is a, they're, they're not going to be explosive. They're not going to put up big plays. It's very difficult for them to string a drive together. And because their defense is so bad, they're just not going to be able to get down the field and put up many points. Yeah. I'm taking USC. I'm I'm not betting on this game and I'm not betting on the Cal game. I think the lines on both of these are quite good. I mean, like the tough thing, like Colorado, it's not like the Pac-12 has like a bevy of really good defenses. Like their offense is only averaging 1.28 points per drive. Yeah. And I th- I think we're going to have at least two picks by Shroud in this game. I think that's going to be yeah. what, what the difference is in terms of USC covering. Uh, who are you taking? I mean, please don't. Please do not come at me. Again, I'm taking USC, but please do not. I don't want to hear from any USC fans about how good their defense looks after this game. Like, no one cares. This isn't a test. Don't take anything away from it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, just don't be like Oregon and give up. Like, at one point, Oregon was giving up, like, over eight yards of pass in the game. Like, oops. <laughs> All right, let's move on to what I think is probably the game of the week. Washington 
on the road against Oregon, 4 p.m. on Fox. Oregon is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in this game at home against the the uh, Dogs. And we've covered both of these games. So, I mean, I think Oregon did everything that it needed to do with with joy and love in their horror, in their hearts, with full hearts. They, they beat the Tar at a call, uh, Cal. And this game is interesting to me because uh, I think that Washington is going to be able to throw the ball a little bit. Um, this is too many points. Yeah. It's not by like a lot, right? But it's uh, so this opened at twelve, and then it's moved up a little bit. But Baderang's only got this at a little over eight, eight and a third. I just I like Oregon's Oregon's going to be able to put up lots of points against this terrible Washington pass defense, which is one seventeen an effective pass. But you flip it around like. Oregon is 103 in effective pass and Washington's number two. <laughs> like Washington is going to get all, all the points they want throwing the football around. Yeah, that that was my initial reaction too. I just now Oregon's been great against the spread. I think they're seven and two. Shout out to QB eleven for for highlighting that. I I'm just wor- like the thing is I want it. I want to take the points if I'm Washington, but. Gosh, man, you could do whatever you want against Washington, and Oregon will, right? They're gonna they're gonna score the ball through the air. They're gonna run right. it. They're gonna have Bo Nix run it. They're gonna have uh, Bucky Irving run it. Like I mean, it's just they're gonna they're gonna get forty to forty five. Uh, and it's I mean, like, can Washington pop back and get thirty? No, yeah, I do think they. Can. I mean, like the, the like. So what's what's our like? Where have we seen this game before? Like we have seen this game before in like Oregon, UCLA, right? And UCLA in that game, like, just continually stubbed their toe. They didn't punt. <laughs> and they ended up losing by 15. But like, some of the people are going to be like, well, that's Ben, don't break. I'm like, some of that is just UCLA. Just, like, sometimes bad things happen to you on the football field, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I, my expectation is, look, is, like, I think Oregon's going to win by two possessions, right? Like, um, but I think it's I think it's closer to ten points, right? Um, that I think it is like two touchdowns. I mean, like, look, I, I mean, this could all go wrong. Like, I mean, this could like any like either like. But I think what makes this game interesting is like if an Oregon has not offensively, Oregon has not stubbed their toe, right? Yeah. Um. But I, you know, like, I do think it's worth like keeping an eye out like this Oregon defense, you know, like they've, they, you know, against Washington state, like, yeah, there were some, you know, there was, you know, some turnovers in there too, but like, I mean, Washington state kept with them, you know, like Washington state, which has a bad offense, put up 30 on on them. Right. Um, you know, like Stanford, which has a bad off or sorry, should have put up 30 like offensively. And then, you know, you have some like wackiness in there at the end. Um, you know, Stanford put up 27 on them. Like Baderank projected that to be a Stanford putting up a little over 21. I mean, Oregon could give up some points, right? Like it's, I think, I think they're, they're going to find themselves in this position. Like maybe they have the kind of game that they had against, um, against UCLA again. And they really just do find ways to get off the field, but like UCLA runs the ball more, which is what Oregon's better at defending, um, you know, than, uh, than Washington does. Like, I, I think they're going to torch the secondary. Like they're, they've this, the secondary, like I'm trying to remember, like they haven't faced anyone outside of Georgia that throws the ball like Washington. And I'm not saying like Washington, like I still expect Oregon to win. But if Oregon were to like turn the ball over once, like this could be a really close game. All right, I'll take the points. I, I, it's, I'm, if you're going to wait, right? I think this goes to fourteen, so get that extra half point. But I'll, I'll take yeah. them. I'm, a, I'm worried though. I think that Oregon can blow out Washington in this game if they're, if, if like a couple things go poorly, and or if there's a turnover from on the Washington side. I do think Oregon's going to take full advantage of that, but. I do think that Washington's going to be able to score and keep it at least close enough. But, um, oh, I mean, I think that's true of either team, though. Like, they're close enough to, like, the, the final score could, like, if Oregon catches a turnover, if, if it's Oregon that has the luck, because there is luck in these games, if Oregon is the one that catches a little bit of the luck, then Oregon could win by 21, right? If Washington's the one that catches a little bit of the luck, they could win by 7 or 14, 
right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we got that one out of the way. Let's go to, like, I think most of these spreads are pretty on point. This is the one that worries me a little bit in a good way. And that's Arizona State is an eight-point dog on the road against Washington State. Arizona State, a team that um, has a new quarterback, like Trent Burkay, is, uh, I mean, I, th- I thought he did well against UCLA, but, it, you know, it's UCLA's defense. I yes. think playing UCLA is a much different animal than playing Washington State's defense, which I think is legitimately good. And uh, I think Pullman's a really tough place to play here. But let, let's talk about what ASU was able to do this past week. So ASU um, kind of made a game of this. Like UCLA did everything that it, it could to let ASU back in this game in the second half. But, uh, you know, watch I watched the majority of this game and UCLA just looked like the better team. And it looked like they just kind of got distracted and went to like play video games and came back and like, oh, no, you know, they came yeah. back and, and ASU. there was a bad fumble. Uh, Zach Charbonnet was out. Uh, I thought it was funny because there was like a period of this game where Colson Yankoff, the, the quarterback for Washington, was like shredding ASU's rush defense. And that worries me because um, I, I think I think Nikita Watson being back was a big deal for uh for Washington State and I I just think Washington State's going to do what they need to do to take care of business in this game. Um I I think they cover handily against ASU. What do you think? Yeah, I just I don't under I mean look, like I I get it like some of the counting stats in the most recent period are going to look pretty good <laughs> for Arizona State, right? But like what they've done offensively in the last couple of games, I mean, they had a horrendous game against that bad Stanford you know, uh, team, a uh, defense. Um, but like it's, it was against Colorado and then it was against UCLA, right? Like I, we shouldn't, I don't, I just, I don't think we should overestimate like the huge difference that, in what they're about to see. Like UCLA's defense is at 66 overall in beta rank. Like Washington States is at 23, right? Like UCLA special teams are at 79. Washington States are at four. Um, you know, like Washington State's offense is not particularly good, but they have a lot of help <laughs> around them, right? And like this ASU defense is at 102 in beta rank right now. They're at once, God, man, like how many Pac-12 teams can't stop either? Like, I mean, just so many triple digits in Pac-12 defense, <laughs> so many triple digits. Um, but they're at 116 in effective rush. They're at 67 in effective pass. Washington State's at 48. Like they're not particularly good themselves, and they're at 77 in effective rush. They but they certainly showed against Stanford they're smart enough. Yeah. Eventually, and it's there've been many times this season I have not thought that they were smart enough to do anything. <laughs> they were smart enough to run the football against Stanford. Like my guess is they are relatively smart enough to run it against ASU. And at 27 in effective pass, they don't ask Cam Ward to do much, but they can get over that one. You know, like. And in this case, like ASU special teams are at 111. And then offensively, like, yes, ASU's made some progress. They're up to 59 overall in beta rank. They're at number 40 in effective pass. But like Wazoo is at 23 in, you know, in, in beta rank defensively. Um, they're at 24 in effective pass, you know, and like we're going to talk about this when we talk about the, you know, the UCLA Arizona game, you know, like UCLA's big problem is they're at 72 in effective pass, right? Like that's far and away what they're the worst at. Um, and that's like, I, I like, I like Wazoo by more than this by a, like, I, I think I thought I saw this number is beta has got this at 21. It opened at nine. Um, you know, and, and it got bet down a little bit. I just, I think people are overreacting to, two games against two pretty bad defenses. Yeah. Borke, I think is lim- He's good. Like he's good. He's going to hit his, his wide receivers in that middle range of the field, but I don't think he stretches the field. And I really like the, the work that Dickard has done on both sides of the defense from the rushing defense and the secondary. So I just, I feel like that there's a cap on what ASU is going to be able to do in this game. And then on the other side, like UCLA without Charbonnet just rushed all over. Yeah. This ASU team. I mean, it was silly. Howard. Now, now, to his credit, DTR also did a bunch of crazy things. Like he's he's le- he's leaping over bodies and he's just getting touchdowns and all that stuff. But um, I mean, Casimir Allen had a day. Colson Yankov shredded this. I, I just th- 
there was a there's a few games ago where I'm like where, where I think they were playing Utah and I just kind of figured that Utah was going to be a little bit more buttoned up to be able to stop this this dumb tunnel screen offense. I don't think ASU is. So I think that this is one of those matchups where Washington State is going to be able to do a lot of things, whether it's throwing the ball through screens or just rushing the ball and getting their points. So I, I'm with you. I, I think one of the things to keep in mind when they were playing Stanford was, yeah, there, there was four turnovers in that game. Ward wasn't great. But like you mentioned, like just the, the willingness to be able to say, you know what, Stanford can't stop the run, so we're going to run the ball. And ASU, I don't yeah. think, can stop the run. Like I, I think this no. is – and, and it is not easy to play at the Palouse, and it's going to be freaking cold. And you got a team that's in the desert going up to the – like I just think this might be a disaster for ASU. So I think we're on the same page, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I, 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 will, take, I will take Wazoo all day with this. All right. We got a few more games to pick through. We're going to do it right after this. All right, we're back. We're coming through games. We're coming through games. Let's talk about one where I was totally wrong. <laughs> and that was Utah 45, Arizona 20. Now, Utah is looking forward to playing Stanford. They're a 24-point favorite at home against uh, the 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 treeless trees. You see that the, the tree got suspended? Yeah, the tree suspended. Just what a... Well, the, the the tree from just the tree throws back a few before the games, and that's been a long running history. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering, I'm 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 thinking that something something surly was said or or was done. Uh, but right. but it is a bummer. It is a bummer. The trees the trees awesome. Utah, right? Like this game against Arizona. I look. I got this wrong. I thought that Arizona even had a chance to win this game, um, but. But it kind of went back to our our idea of like the the uh, Kyle Whittingham like screen prints where they just like just run the ball and do it a lot and sell it to whoever you can. Well, and- I mean, to be fair, when we picked this game, we didn't know that it was going to be a torrential downpour. True. <laughs> like if I if I would have known that it was going to be a torrential downpour, I would not have picked Arizona. And that's that's on me for not looking at the weather. Seven fumbles in this game. I mean, but from one team, there's actually nine, but seven from Arizona, seven from Arizona, four of them. I mean, if you look at, I mean, like Arizona and like Arizona put up 387 yards in this game, like Arizona was in, you know, and there were some dumb, dumb things they did in this game. Um, But like they, they, we came in and said they will be able to put up explosive plays and they were, you know, they just could not finish. And some of it had to do with stupid, stupid fumbles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Delora looked bad. Um, yeah. He was at 50%. We had the uh, Noah Fafita sighting. He was 50% in this game. I mean, the fumbles really did kill them. Um, and again, Utah had theirs. But Utah rising back, Thomas back. I, I'm wondering, Rob, if they had COVID, right? Like when you have your when you have your kicker, your quarterback, your starting running back, all out just for a week, and then or they could get the flu. Well, or rising, something. rising was wearing the the knee brace. Um, oh. Yeah, but I mean, like one of the things that was interesting in this game too is like I mean the weather certainly hurt. Like I mean if you're like Arizona cannot have bad weather because their run defense is so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that, right. Like if anything that like it dares the other team to run the football is going to be bad for Arizona. Um, but it also is going to hamper what their weapon, I mean, Arizona is such a heavy passing team, um, you know, that, but like this reminded me of the, uh, the Oregon game for Arizona and like Oregon doesn't have a really good pass defense, but like Arizona can do some really dumb things with like, with what are some talented wide receivers. And in this case, like we've talked about this a little bit is like Arizona tends to have routes that break 10 yards down the field and you can just sit off them. Even if you're going to play man, you can sit off them because they're not going to break stuff short. Um, and Utah was, I <laughs> yeah. mean, Utah was able to, like Oregon did that and Utah was able to do that. And it just, I mean, and Utah, I like, I mean, people like Delora was under some pressure in this game, but it was almost always when Utah was sending extra guys, like Utah was not able to get pressure with their front four consistently in this game. And like Fillinger's out for the rest of the season, like, and they don't have a good pass rush. Um, but Utah, because Arizona was has everything breaking so far down the field, even when it's freaking raining. Like there's this one is like this is one of those ones that's just like 
the the combination of Jed Fish's scheme, which has a lot of downfield passing, and Jaden Delora's YOLO, like let's throw deep balls attitude, do not mix well. <laughs> like this is a bad, bad game for the Arizona offense for sure. I mean, and what is a decent Utah defense, but not a great Utah defense? It's funny because this game is basically the same game as Washington State Stanford. Right. Like a right. bunch of a bunch of fumbles, you know, minus the rain. Right. Like the, the, the downpour right. and, and, uh, and this game was a little bit different, but two terrible running defenses against two teams that are smart enough to run the football. And Arizona like strikes me as Stanford's um, more charismatic and drunk little brother. Right. Like that, right. that can do it. He's a little stronger. He's a little larger, but he also makes more bad decisions. <laughs> that, that's kind of, right. right. But they're like, they both look the same. They both have terrible defenses. It's just so 24 is, is a lot. But I mean, like Stanford just, I don't, I think Stanford's done, done this year. I'm going to lay the points here. Um, this one's funny because like Bader and Kaz this at 22. But I'm actually like, if you look at like, because the model is, you know, is built off the total beta rank score. If you, as we talked about, like getting into like the team splits, like Utah's decent at running the football. They're at 27 overall in effective rush. Their their offense is at 25. It's a it's a decent power five offense. They're good, but they get a you know, Stanford defense that's 81. They have an enormous run pass split. They're at 128 in effective rush. They have managed to be the worst defense rush defense of the Pac-12, which is saying something. Um, but they're at 11 and effective pass. Like, it's hard to throw on them. Utah's not dumb. They're not going to throw on Stanford. Yeah. Right? Like, they're not under under no circumstances are the Utes. Like, they're going to run the ball to their heart's content. And even, like, here's what cons- would concern me is, like, what Washington was or Washington State was able to do and what teams have been able to do against Stanford Stanford runs that slow match, which doesn't work for like their current offensive line and wide receivers at all. Right. Like nobody has to respect the run with Stanford slow match. They're like, Oh, you're going to like pretend to run it. Like that's, that's fine. Like try to run it. Like you're terrible at that. Um, but I don't know that Utah, like my concern is like Utah often sends often sends heat and they're like, they should in this game um, to, to, to crunch the pocket. Like that would be the only thing that like, Utah's front seven, not or front four, not getting great pressure, and maybe not collapsing that pocket on their own in the way that to slow down, slow mesh. But I don't think it's going to matter. Like Utah's defense is at twenty-seven; they're at sixteen in effective rush. They're still at fifteen effective pass. This is not a particularly good pass defense. Um, but I don't think Stanford's going to be able to do it. I actually, you know, the model's going to have Stanford here, but I think the splits are there for like Utah just to be able to to demolish Stanford. Shout out to Jaquinda Jackson getting play in this game and then in the Washington State game also. He he does not look like a running back. It looks like LeBron James back there <laughs> taking handoffs. And I think we're going to see him again in this game. I mean, really, Thomas is going to be the guy that gets the, the uh, load. But you have three or four options back there. And I think we're going to see them a lot. And they're just going to slow this game down a little bit. Um, and then, of course, you have Rising, who I'm sure they're going to be a little bit more careful with him running around, you know, with the brace. But um, the one thing that worries me is if they're playing Stanford, I'm just, if, if he's got some injuries, like, uh, are we going to see the third string quarterback in this game? <laughs> Don't play. I mean, cause like everything, everything for Utah is riding on. I mean, that's a good point, right? Like Utah, everything's riding on that game with Oregon, you know, the following week you're, they're probably going to get out of, I mean, in like, David Shaw, of course, is always happy to, to 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 get the game over, hit the showers, and go play some golf or something. Um, <laughs> so this game could be quick. <laughs> you know, if Utah's running the football, there may not be a ton of points. Yeah, I'm just a little worried about that. I'm a little worried that they pull they pull the starters here in the, that second half and just kind of go on autopilot. So keep a lookout for that. Um, I probably won't bet this game either because 24 is a lot. And I think it's real close. I mean, like Bannerink has it right there. It's not as if like, I think Vegas had like often like with the big spread, Vegas will have it like three or four points under where Bannerink has it. And sometimes a little more and you can feel really comfortable, particularly at this point in the season that Bannerink, like that it's going to go over unless you get some like turnover, horrendous turnover luck or like that wind in Chicago with Ohio state. 
but you you came on like here like this is this is real close like uh it's it anything like that would affect this going over stanford i mean they could score 21 points can they yeah, against 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 Utah's defense, I think they can. I mean, I don't think they will, but I, I you know, like, I, what That's I'm saying fair. is that this isn't like a lock. This isn't a hey for right, sure. Right, this is yeah. great, you know. All right, last game here: Arizona, a 19 and a half point dog, woo, at uh, Pasadena against UCLA. Um, I was a little wrong in Arizona against uh, Utah, but I'm gonna dip. I'm gonna dip back into the well, Rob. I, I think Arizona can score. I don't think UCLA's defense is particularly good. And we don't know necessarily what's going on with Zach Charbonnet yet. Um, I do know that UCLA is going to put up a, a ton of points. The over-under on this game is 77 and a half. That's a lot of freaking <laughs> points. <laughs> that's a lot of points. That uh, is definitely that was a big number. Wow. That, like, that, that's bordering. Wow. There, there was a year where it was... Um, it was two years ago where it was Alabama gets Ole Miss and the, and the total was 80 and a half. And like that was probably the highest I've seen it over in a long oh, time, yeah. and but but here we are. Maybe the everybody watched that SMU and Houston game, you know, getting a little inspiration there. I think this is too many points. I think Arizona can still move the ball, um, and I I, I absolutely think UCLA is going to score in, in every which way. But I think Arizona keeps this within twenty. What, what do you think? Oh, oh man, so Baderink actually Baderink has this at twenty three and a third. Oh, and it op- it opened at nineteen, so it's come up a little bit. Um, and it's I mean, this is terrifying. <laughs> like so, like UCLA's offense is at number five overall in Beta Rank right now, and they are humming. Um, they're at number three in effective rush, number twenty one in effective pass. Um, this Arizona defense is at one eighteen overall. Oh, they're at one one twenty two in effective rush. Um. I mean, it's the thing. Like, if UCLA was like, if UCLA was like USC, and it'd be like, we're gonna throw the football anyway, because blah blah blah, right? Or if it was like Washington or someone like that, that was like gonna give the, at least the slightly better part of Arizona's defense a chance to kind of like show up, um, at least on one or two drives. Um, I would take some faith in it, but like, do you, after watching what UCLA did to ASU running the football? And having watched this Arizona run defense, do you have much confidence in their ability? Because, like, here's where I flip it. And, like, here's what I, I think UCLA has a good shot. Is like, they don't, they're not a really good pass defense. They're at 72 in effective pass. But they're at 22 in explosive drives. Like, I think they do a good job stopping big plays. Yeah. Um, now, they don't do a good job stopping points. Like, but Arizona struggles with that. They are a really inefficient offense. So, like, the drive efficiency combo is like 121 for UCLA. And normally you'd be like, oh, if you can sustain drives against these guys, like, you're going to put up points. But Arizona, that's the, what they're the worst at 103 in drive efficiency. Um, I mean, you see, like, I mean, and maybe Arizona could come in and run the ball too. I mean, but like, I feel like we, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, in some ways, like we just saw this movie and it's, it's interesting to me that like that UCLA, that ASU line was lower that opened at 14 and then, you know, UCLA came out or it, it opened even lower than that. It opened at like 11. Um, yeah. I got it at 11. Yeah. It opened at 11, but this Arizona line is <laughs> full on. Oh, like, Nope. This is not. <laughs> I mean, like, like, look, I mean, I like, I think Arizona's offense can absolutely put pull an ASU here and score just as many points, right? Like, um, as they did in this game, like Arizona can easily put up, you know, 30, like, but like, what's interesting is like where they have that total, like Vegas doesn't think they can. I don't know. I mean, I, oh, I mean, I want to be with you on this. Like I do, like I want to, like Arizona should be able to show up and be able to put up some points in this game. For sure, like ASU's pass cover, or I mean, sorry, UCLA's pass coverage is not great, um, and the Arizona should be able to carve them up a bit. I, get, I, mean, I just feel like I feel like so burned by Arizona after the weather got them and the turnovers, all those fumbles. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Arizona. Dang it, you talked me into it. I think they can. Th- yeah, I think I think they can. I think they can match ASU points wise. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna be they're gonna I mean they're gonna play better. Like they they fumbled the ball seven times 
<laughs> they lost right. four of them. That, that's right. a that's a lot of of drive killing. I, and I think the the thing that does worry me, I mean, obviously the run defense is like the the biggest thing, and and maybe Charbonnet comes back and makes Arizona look dumb. If I were Charbonnet, I'd sit out this game, um, unless I mean, maybe he's trying to get Heisman numbers. I'm like, who, who knows? Uh, and get stuff on on film. I know but, he's, there's there's word that he was limited in practice today. Okay. So like I might, I mean, it's unlikely he might play. I mean, they're gonna get. I mean, and they're, they'll they'll probably hold him out because next, like, for, if you're UCLA, you're likely gonna win this game no matter what, right? Like, you could put Chip Kelly in at halfback and they're gonna run for 300 yards. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the thing that does worry me is UCLA's uh, uh, rush defense. Like, I I just. I don't think Delore is going to have a lot of time and he's fine getting out of the pocket and he does interesting things, but then he does interesting in a bad way things. So that that's, that's the thing that also gives me pause in this, but I, I think Arizona is going to put up points and I think they're going to make this game like interesting in the second half. But, um, but I mean, I think UCLA ultimately wins and uh, it will be a privilege to watch Colson Yankoff rush for a hundred yards in this game. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's true too. I mean, like where you talked about where like, you know, where teams may want to like shut it down and get healthy. Um, that could happen here too. Yeah. Keep, keep a lookout for Casimir Allen. He had a heck of a day against ASU and really has track speed. So, you know, in Arizona is, I think they rushed out like a five, two, five or some, some stupid five, one, five, uh, defense. And it just, it just strikes me like my dad, really fun coach. And like, so when we played basketball and our team was really good, and so he would be like, let's do a box and one today. Let's do a triangle. Like he was just screwing around with offenses, but we were good. This is the opposite where, where Arizona's yeah. defense, defensive coordinator is just throwing stuff at the wall. Like, you know, it'd be fun if we lined everybody up in the secondary, like, you know, obviously like there's legal stuff, but it just seems like he's, he's testing out things because he doesn't have anything left. And, um, and right. isn't really able to scheme like Arizona's defense. The, the personnel is, is bad, but it's the same personnel that you had last year, if not a little bit better. And here we are. So right. I just, that, that worries me a lot. I just, UCLA is going to get their points. So, um, I don't know anything else to, anything else to cover here this week? No, I mean like we have great game. I mean, I'm so excited for next week. Like it's all the, all it's all coming down to next week, the PAC 12 champion and like the PAC 12, like legitimately, and I don't encourage anyone to watch that dumb playoff show they're going to do tomorrow night um, on Tuesday nights. But like, legitimately, the Pac-12, if you know, if, if we end up with a one-loss Pac-12 champion, like they're going to the playoff. Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Um, all right, stay tuned. Saturday six up. Is that up on uh, YouTube yet? No, it's like I got to do it tomorrow at lunch. Okay, sharp college football. Keep a lookout for those numbers. Uh, everything's updated, by the way. But um, but they were pretty hot last week, so. You know, keep a sharper eye on that. How's the how's the FCS model doing? It's doing really well. It's tracking. Uh, I mean, like it's a little different because, like, there's a, like we're still about a week behind in games in the FCS, like then versus where we would be. Oh. Um, yeah, they, it takes them a little while because it takes them a little while to get because they'll, they'll a lot of them will play an FBS game, and then they'll play like a Division two game, and then they'll play, <laughs> and then they'll finally play. Um, you know, like the, the, the FCS game. So like, but it's been, uh, it's been good. Like it, like it's, it's largely picked the winners, um, in these games. Like we've got some good, there's going to be a good FCS game this week. Mercer and Samford. Oh, Mercer's got Furman. And then yeah, there's some pretty good games this week. Delaware and Richmond, Chattanooga and Samford. There's good games like Idaho, UC Davis. If you, if you like FCS football, um, we've got the same level of data. Nice. Check that out. Sharpcollegefootball.com. We're going to catch everybody next week. We're a bit more on our game. I was a little scattered. A lot of stuff going on here, but uh, nice to be able to, to take a real deep dive into these games and uh, look for more of the same next week. And we'll catch you then.